Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hey, you guys, I just want to take a pause real quick to drop a line about my favorite supplements, and that's my chocolate trim. It's essentially a combo of the liquid collagen that I absolutely love, plus CLA, which is a fatty acid proven to help with overall weight loss. I personally have been taking this product for over a year. Even my husband takes it. And I've noticed major improvements in my digestion, my energy level, and just less overall fluctuations in my body composition when I'm changing things in my diet, right? So anyway, if you're interested in trying it, which if you're not already taking a collagen supplement, I totally recommend that you do. Just head over onto the show notes and I will drop a link in there to my referral code so that you can get $10 off. And then shoot me a message. Let me know if you buy it. Let me know if you try it. I would love to hear how you feel. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Making Fit Work. I am your host, Nina McGough. I am here with my good friend, Cindy Assad. Cindy, thank you so much for being here with me today. Absolute pleasure. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Cindy is a longtime yoga and Pilates teacher, Ayurveda, did I say that right? Ayurveda, yep. Ayurveda health counselor, a group fitness instructor, certified personal trainer, animal rescuer, And if you watch any of these clips, you're going to see all the little cats she's got running around. (laughs) Full-time auntie and an all-around happiness coach. That's probably my most favorite bio ever to read. (laughs) All-around happiness coach. I love that. And anybody who does know Cindy locally, if you've met her, you know that that bio fits her so perfectly. Cindy is all around just a happy person. And anybody who I feel like comes in contact with you, Cindy, feels that, which I really appreciate. (laughs) So I wanted to have you on, you know, talking about all things fitness here and kind of helping people find solutions. Tell us a little bit about how did yoga first come to be introduced to you. Okay. When did you first find yoga? Um, actually, it was almost like a double whammy. I was teaching aerobics back in the day at the YMCA. And somehow like step aerobics, like on the step? Yeah, step aerobics. Oh, you betcha. Circuit training, high, low cardio. Okay, yes. <laughs> I taught it all. And I found a flyer about a yoga class that was, I don't know, somewhere in Bridgewater. And A friend of mine who was a a traveling yoga certification teacher said to me, Cindy, I'm teaching this class in Fairhaven. It's kind of Pilates. It's kind of yoga. Like, just come try it because I'm going to be in the area. I'd love to see you. So I was like, oh, I got this flyer on yoga. My friend calls and tells me she's teaching a class. I'll go. It's meant to be. Meant to be. Fell in love with it. And at that time, they were calling it like mat practice it wasn't even really called yoga or pilates they called it mat practice and i was like i don't know what i just did mm-hmm. but i love this so then i went to a yoga class where i found the flyer in bridgewater <laughs> and i fell asleep in the yoga class at the end of class and i woke up and everybody was sitting in a circle waiting for me to get up at the, end of the class i was <laughs> i didn't even I wasn't even embarrassed i was just like oh dang, I didn't even know 
because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I had taken a mat class. So I found Yoga Fit by Beth Shaw. And since I was teaching at the Y, Yoga Fit kind of described themselves as yoga for the masses or yoga that could be taught in a gym setting without particular verbiage that would like intimidate people. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Like, okay, I don't have to know the Sanskrit. I can go in, you know, learn the movement patterns. So I did, I got trained in yoga fit level one, two, three was all that was available at that time. And I go to, teach. you just went all in. I went, Oh, I went all in. Oh yeah. You're like, yeah. And I go to teach my first yoga class at the Y I had 50 people in the class. There were so many five zero. Five zero. Oh my God. Blew my mind. We had never had anything like this at the Y. I had to put people like in a circle and I had to put my mat in the circle because I didn't even know how to like face anybody. I kept having to turn around. There were so many people in there. And I thought this, like, this is it. This is just the coolest thing ever. And it seemed to resonate with everybody, regardless if they were a guy that lifted heavy or some of the ladies that came to regular aerobic style classes, everyone seemed to feel really good about it when the class was over and they didn't even know what it was about or what to expect. They just felt really good and they kept coming back. So let's go back to what you said. It's kind of yoga. It's kind of Pilates class. What is, for someone who doesn't know, I mean, I know, I think I know for the most part, (laughs) but there's so many different types of yoga. If you're really just thinking yoga and Pilates, for the person who doesn't really understand the difference, what is the difference? What are the key concepts to both? Sure. I'll give you a quick little history on each of them. So mm-hmm. yoga is a over 6,000 year old movement practice. And the idea behind yoga is that the physical postures help quiet the mind. So as you go through a movement pattern with your body and anyone who goes for a run or a long bike ride knows that they get into that Zen yeah. mode where you're Like you're one with your body. You find that connection. Yoga does the same thing in that you're using a particular breath pattern a lot of times in a yoga class and you're moving through physical postures. And before you know it, you aren't thinking about your day anymore because you're concentrating on your breath. You're trying to open up into a posture and find like an expression, like an opening in your chest or your heart center. Maybe that's been closed off. Maybe your hips are really tight and all of a sudden you can make some space there. So all of the asana, all of the yoga brings you to a place where you can sit with whatever it is that's going on in your life. You might not like it still, it might not have changed, but you can at least not be as reactive to what's going on because you learn to move through those mental patterns by focusing on your breathing and your moving and your presence and not worrying about the whirlwind that's upstairs. Yeah. I love that description. I've never heard it like that before, Cindy. Thank you. It just made me realize I don't think I've ever taken a yoga class with you before. Anytime you want, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that at the end. And so then Pilates is? Okay, so Pilates is a little bit more fitness-based. So Pilates is actually designed by a man named Joseph Pilates. Mm -hmm. Joseph Pilates was born in the early part of the 20th century, in the early 1900s. And he was a dissident in the world war. He was in Germany. So everyone in Germany was taking part in the world war and he didn't want to, but he had to, he was a young man. So at that time, fitness was coming into fashion 
and Joseph Pilates had asthma. But 100 years ago, they didn't have an inhaler. You couldn't just take meds and clear your lungs out. So he borrowed some exercises from yoga, borrowed some physical fitness activities, and he created a fitness modality that he called the art of contrology, the art of controlling your body. And he did that with breathing and with lengthening and strengthening the body. But then he took what he was doing for himself and brought it into the German hospitals and he would devise pulley systems over the infirm's beds. And he would get the patients, the the war soldiers, to move their arms and their legs so that they wouldn't atrophy. So in theory, if the arms and the legs are moving freely and you're moving from your center then you can create independence and wholeness within your body. And Mr. Pilates would say, physical fitness is the first requisite of happiness. Yes. So he was a very smart man a hundred years ago. When the war was over, he moved to the United States with his wife. I think her name was Clara. And they started teaching boxers and ballerinas the Pilates method. He had a few apparatus that he devised. And if you saw like the apparatus that he devised versus the um, equipment that they use for a traditional Pilates, non-class, like an apparatus class. Right, like a stop Pilates machine. Yes, but he was a genius. In fact, the Pilates magic circle that I use in my classes, Mm -hmm. he used the metal bands that went around beer kegs and he would have ladies use that to tone their Kegel and inner thigh muscles, like after a pregnancy. He was very, very smart. Yeah. So the difference between a yoga class and a Pilates class, a Pilates class is going to focus on your center. It's going to focus on your breathing. There's no spiritual aspect, but you do realign your physical body. Mm. A yoga practice is going to bring in a little bit more of that. I don't want to say spirituality because I don't want to turn anybody off from spirituality, but it's more of a contentedness, perhaps, that you get okay. from a yoga practice. Yep. And I would say you get a fulfillment, perhaps, in a Pilates practice. I love that. Did I ever tell you my Pilates story? No. Probably something I shouldn't admit to people on the world wide web. <laughs> <laughs> so let me think. This was when I first entered the fitness world, maybe like 2000. I'm totally like guessing on this number 2007, 2008, maybe a little earlier than that. When I got inspired to go get my group fitness certification to teach group fitness classes, right? And I wanted to teach the type of group fitness classes that I love, like kickboxing, like boot camp classes, like mostly like strength, endurance, like high intensity stuff. And I applied at a local college to where I was living at the time. I won't say which college. And I had an interview. And now I'm young, okay, first of all. I would never do this now. <laughs> I have a better work ethic now. But I applied and I went for the interview and it went well. And the group fitness manager was like, well, I don't really need like a general group fitness instructor. I don't need like another kickboxing or like circuit training class. Can you teach Pilates? <laughs> and I just was like, uh, I'm not certified to teach Pilates, right? Because it says right there on my resume and on my application. He's like, yeah, but could you teach it? (laughs) And I just wanted the job. And I was like, yeah, like how awful. And so I did. I like went to the bookstore. I bought like three Pilates books. 
I like read them. I practiced them. I like all the moves. And then I started teaching Pilates. That's awful because I wasn't certified. That's awesome. No, it's not. I wasn't even certified. I shouldn't have been doing that. But again, I was young. I was just like, yes, I want to teach here. Like, I'll do it. And actually, that was when I truly fell in love with like teaching. And so I'm very grateful and did end up moving away from teaching that format and into the formats I wanted to. But that was how I started. I started teaching like a class I wasn't even certified in. I'm like horrified saying that out loud. But yeah. And I remember teaching the first class, right? And then even I, as I was teaching it, was like, I think I just I'm making myself dizzy, <laughs> like going up and down, up and down. And then I re like formatted it and then taught it again the next yeah. week. And a woman approached me and was like, I'm so, that was such a great class. I'm so glad you changed it because last week I was getting dizzy. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, just, you know, working on the format. Like, oh my God, that's awful. But anyway, so in a sense, Pilates brought me here. Hey. So where are you today? Oh, the places you'll go. <laughs> oh, that's right. All the places you'll go. How you'll get there, we don't know, but you'll go. So, okay, let's get back to talking about yoga. And some of these questions come from me personally, who I've kind of always been a little interested in yoga. And I've always said, right, if we all had all of the time in the world, we would be strength training three times a week, doing some cardio once or twice a week, doing yoga and Pilates as well, right? But like, we don't all have that time. So for someone who especially kind of like doesn't know where to get started, we see, I know I see so many different names, formats. What are some of the most common or basic type of yoga classes? Okay. So here's the thing. Like it depends on, it seems to me that each studio Mm -hmm. calls their yoga something different. Do you think that's just like as a way to like stand out, kind of make it, put their own spin on it? Maybe. I also think it can be confusing Mm. because the traditional yoga is called Hatha yoga. Basically, Hatha means sun, moon, and yoga means to yoke, to put together. So you're putting together the sun and the moon or the opposites, right? Body and the breath, and you're putting those things together. So most yoga is going to be Hatha yoga because it's physical postures put together with breath, but they might give it a name like chakra clearing yoga or even sun moon yoga. You'll have all different kinds of names. Mm. It depends on the person. So you'll hear words like power yoga, hot yoga, ashtanga. Um, Out here, there's not a lot of Jiva Mukti or Bikram yoga. Like I wouldn't focus too heavily on either of those. Vinyasa yoga. That's a common one I've heard a lot. Vinyasa. Yes. And Vinyasa is my personal favorite because you can make a playlist and you flow almost like an aerobics class where there's like a a bell curve. Yeah. There's a a warm up. There's a a peak flow. And then there's a warming down. Okay. And it's very beautiful, very fluid. The poses, vinyasa means to place in a special way. Mm -hmm. So you place the asana, the postures in a special way. You enjoy the flow and everyone meets that in shavasana, relaxation pose and some meditation. Hatha yoga is similar, but it can be less flowy, not necessarily less athletic, depending on the type, the intensity of the class, Mm -hmm. but the postures themselves offer a lot of opening opportunities, opening in the hips, opening in the spine, opening in the trunk. So I always tell folks, 
You can always learn something from a yoga class, even if it's not a very good yoga class. There's something to like in almost all of them. And then you can say, you know what, that particular class didn't really suit me, but I liked the teacher or I liked the studio. Let me try a different style. And then I think that's where yoga becomes very personal. And that's where the the love of yoga comes from. Once you find either the teacher that resonates with you the most or the style that suits your body the most, that's what's going to make you go back and take another yoga class, regardless of what it's called. Yeah. I think that's probably a good way to approach it. I wouldn't even tell anyone to go to a particular place because it's just like when you go to a restaurant, everyone's going to order something different. Everyone's going to like something different. But if the idea of yoga interests you, I always recommend go to more than one place Mm. because you never know what you're going to find and who you're going to like and how your journey is going to start. And it starts to me like by like trying this class, trying this teacher, right? Seeing what comes together for you. Right. So I have a question and this is always kind of every time I look into like, all right, maybe I'll add some yoga to my life, you know, whether it's once a week or every other week, why are yoga classes so long? That is a great question because I taught 90 minute yoga classes for 18 years. God, that's so long. I know. And honestly, I can't do this now. I don't have the attention span. To be honest, it intimidates me from getting started. Of course. Because one, I know my mind goes a lot because I'm so used to things that are faster paced, heavier, you know, what type of workouts I typically do. So I get nervous about like, what if I go? One, what if I suck at it? And then I'm there for 90 minutes. Two, what if I hate it? And then I'm there for 90 minutes. And three, that takes a lot of time out of someone's day. <laughs> I've always wondered that. Like, why are there no, like, beginner 45-minute yoga classes? That is a great question. And if I think about how many times I raced out of work to drive 40 minutes to take an hour and a half yoga class and drive 40 minutes home, I did that at least four times a week. I don't have that oh kind of time right now. I know. And then I would teach those classes. So I can't say that I know exactly why they're 90 minutes, but I can say this from a meditation standpoint, they say, if you don't have time to meditate, then you need to make time to meditate Mm. yoga perspective. I can respect that a lot of us only have time for a 30 or 45 minute, sometimes even an hour long class is a stretch. I would say you can never suck at yoga just by going, you can't suck at it. So don't even let that stop you from going. It might not be your favorite. It might be too long and that's okay. Then you're going to know that was too long for me or I couldn't do any of the postures and it frustrated me like any of those thoughts, but you can never suck at yoga. As soon as you walk in the door, you already did your job because you showed up. Yeah. And that's all yoga ever asks of us is to just show up, just be present. Mm -hmm. And even if you show up, and you don't understand anything, and you sit on your mat for 45 minutes, you showed up, and you sat on your mat for 45 minutes. And that might be the first 45 minutes you've had all month long to sit down with yourself. Right. Very true. And you're good. Yeah, I've always wondered that. I'm like, I would totally be down for like a 45-minute yoga class, you know, like just to kind of tiptoe myself in. (laughs) Sometimes I look them up, you know, and it's like 75 minutes, 90 minutes. I'm like, oh, it's too long for me. Like, 
I don't know if I can do it. And then I just end up like forgetting about it or whatever. And I think that's long based on tradition, you know, back in the day, yoga was done before the sun rose. So you had that kind of quiet time. There's this 4am time that's called the sadhana hour. It's when the ether is the thinnest. God hears your prayers the best. It's a very peaceful time Mm -hmm. before the sun comes up. And in India, it's before the heat rises. So they would have that time to dedicate to their practice. You do sun salutations, you're honoring the rising of the sun, the blessing of the harvest, like all of those things are based on the yoga practice. Like it's so earthy, it's so grounding, it's so enlivening, but we're not in India. Yeah. Doesn't often get to be 90 degrees. We don't have to start our days at 4 a.m. And this, you know, one click from Amazon and you get your whatever you want the next day. Our culture has changed so much that a 90 minute class doesn't always serve what we need. Sometimes it does. So I'm not saying don't yeah. go to that, but yeah. if you are a busy mom and you want to get in a yoga class in between dropping the kids at dance and picking yeah. them up. Yeah. And I think you're right. You know, you're kind of saying like the comment you made about like, if you feel like you don't have time for meditation, then you need to make the time for meditation. Right. So same thing applies. I'm sure. Like if you're keep feeling like you need to add some yoga into your life, but you're not going because of the time, then maybe you need to really make an effort to make that time. Absolutely. And I think too, lots of people only have a certain amount of time in their day or their week to exercise. And I don't often feel like they give yoga or maybe even Pilates like the credit, like it doesn't count if I'm not breaking a huge sweat or something like that. Totally. Let's talk about that. Okay. There's so much about that, but I know. Let's start about the fact that I think and I was just having this conversation with someone in one of my group coaching calls the other day is that we definitely have been exposed to so much in our culture and our society that makes us feel like fitness equals sweatiness. It means go hard. It means, you know, growing big muscles, whatever. But there's this like disconnect, right? That like, I think we have to remember that fitness And being fit, whatever that means to you, means having a healthy mind and body, right? Yeah. Not just a look. It's not just a type of workout. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, but for me, that's where something like a yoga comes into play, right? Like, yes, my strength workouts help my mind also, but there also is that disconnect, right? Where like, how do you calm your mind during exercise rather than just forget about what's going on? And I often find when I am in tandem with my breath, I'm less agitated. The things that are hurting me hurt me less because in this moment, I am fine. I am fine. There's always going to be people in situations that aren't going to go the way that you want. But if you're in touch with your breathing, then you can bring yourself into a place where you can manage what's going on with your life. And that's what I think a yoga and even a Pilates practice can teach us. If you can master your body, master your mind, master your breathing, then you have a lot more control over things than you probably think you do. So, you know, maybe 45 minutes or an hour a week dedicated to a yoga practice where, you know what? No one's even looking at you. The lights are low. You're tuned into yourself. You're doing your own breath practice. 
And any good teacher is going to say, I'm just your tour guide. I'm going to lead you on a tour for an hour. Anytime you want to get off that tour, take child's pose, rest, prop yourself up with blocks, have at it. This is your hour. You can pick back up and join the tour whenever you want, because we're all going to end up in the same place on our backs in Shavasana and seated for meditation. It's for you. You can't do it wrong. See, that's the type of stuff I need to hear when it comes to like breaking out of my comfort zone because yoga is outside of my comfort zone. And the few times I have been, I do notice myself being like, oh, I'm here with these other women who are like killing these poses and holding it. And even though my hip is screaming at me right now, I'm going to fucking hold this pose because I'm not about to let it go before everybody else. I know that's awful. And that's not a yogi way to say it. But I think a lot of people feel that way. They feel like, oh, I can't go to yoga because I'm not good at it or I haven't done it or, or whatever. But it's a preconceived notion like that that stops so many of us from doing anything. And when really, if you get right down to the baseline and all you have to do is show up, the rest is just going to happen. It's just about showing up. Yeah. And that goes for everything. Show up for your friends. Show up for your family. You might not love everything, but just show up. Yeah. And I think those are like, that's like the type of stuff I need to hear when I'm in a yoga practice, right? Someone reminding me that this is not about like how long I can hold it for or how deep I can hold the pose for. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me about that, Cindy. You're welcome. I think that's super important. I have been in yoga classes where you walk into the room and there's four people in headstands showing off before class even starts. And you know what? that's what you need, go for it. Like that's obviously what you need if that's where you need to be when you walk in. Okay. Mm. But I am more of the mind, like if you can walk out of the class feeling a little bit better than you did when you walked in, that's all it is. You can always pick up your troubles the same way when you walk out the door, but maybe you'll think about them a little bit differently. Maybe you'll think about yourself a little bit differently. Maybe even trying one pose that you never tried before can give you the confidence to feel like, oh, maybe this stuff isn't really as bad. It really does affect your mind. They say that your breathing is going to lead your mind and then it leads your brain. So the more you focus on your breath, the more space you make in your mind. So if you have repetitive thoughts, you're going to start to release the grip on those repetitive thoughts. Yeah. You have tension in your body and you focus on your breath. It's going to make some space in those tense spots in the body. And that's the magic behind it. Just that presence, just that breath. I mean, obviously I feel like anybody listening can kind of tell, but okay. You started teaching yoga, right? This is like how many years ago you started teaching these classes. Do you really want a number? We don't need to age you out. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many like people need to know your experience here? I've been teaching yoga for 23 years since 1999. Damn, Cindy, yeah. you like you are like the yogi. <laughs> nope, just a person who likes yoga. <laughs> Other than teaching it, learning about its history, how has yoga changed your life in other ways? I got. A great example for you. Mm, I'm a Leo through and through. I've got the fiery red hair. I have pretty good sized personality. But before yoga came into my life, I was really quite feisty. Now, 
I can get feisty, but feisty in like a sassy way, you mean? So a lot of people think Leos can be very domineering mm-hmm. and maybe a little too show offy. And I would probably say that that was me. And I think the yoga has softened those aspects where I'm an approachable Leo. I'm more of a Leo that wants to sit under the shade and and watch over her pride. And, you know, if you mess with my kids, I'm going to come after you. But otherwise, like, I can be the king of the jungle and not have to prove it all the time. Mm -hmm. And that will definitely, I'll attribute that to my yoga practice because that has taught me a lot. And even when I am being forced into something that I don't like or a situation that might not be um, the best for me, I think yoga has given me that just little bit of pause and reflection. Like I said before, like, I am okay. I am okay in this moment. I might not like what's happening around me, but it doesn't mean I need to react. I can respond instead. And it's a whole lot better. So that's what I would say. It's calmed your mind and your feistiness. But it's good. Like a lot of folks, you know, they say things that they live to regret. And I feel very grateful that for the most part, I feel like yoga has tamed me a little bit, not in a way that has squashed my personality, but in a way that's enhanced my personality. It's the point I can have conversations that don't have to erupt because I can think more clearly because I'm breathing when I'm thinking. Now, at what point in your yoga journey did you start to feel and see those changes? Actually, so when you teach a long time, you also have relationships a lot. And I have Mm -hmm. been blessed to have been married three times. I am not married right now. So if you count the divorces, that's also three times. However, my second husband was very argumentative, very, very much so. So I would say yoga helped me get through that relationship the most. Like it really did. It taught me so much about how I wanted to be. And he had two daughters and I was going to stick with those girls no matter what. And you know what? When he and I went, I'll never forget this. When we went to court, he picked me up. We drove there together. He held my hand in court and we cried together the whole way home because we still wanted to be friends. But I feel like the yoga practice actually helped change him. Like it made him, okay, we didn't work out as a couple, but to this day, we are still friends. We're going to my stepdaughter's wedding in August. Like so many people don't have a friendship because of other circumstances. But for me, I feel like the yoga really helped him. He used to come to my classes. In fact, he came to my classes after we divorced and I fixed him up with a woman in my class and they moved in together for a couple of years. (laughs) Add matchmaker to that bio. (laughs) That's so funny. All right. So before we wrap up a couple of things, yes, I know this is a hard question because you teach so much and you are always there for other people. How do you make fit work? for you? Great question. I know this is hard. And I think what listeners don't realize is that when you work in the fitness industry, I know most people think that it's really easy that we're like in the studio, that we're like in the gym, and we're just going to be like our fittest selves ever, right? Because we're like in the atmosphere, but it can be really hard to make time for yourself and take care of yourself when you're trying to be there for others, right? 
I mean, I know that. So I know this is, that's why I'm saying I'm prefacing this with, I know this is a tough question, but hopefully you're still making it work for you in some way, shape or form outside of your classes, because I think it's important to recognize that although you may be physically doing the classes, that's not your time. Right. And actually I will say that the past six months or so where I have increased my teaching almost three times, if not more than what mm-hmm. I've done in a long time, I've come back to that place. What am I going to do for myself? Mm, yeah. And it has, it has gotten away from me a little bit because I do focus so much on my classes. And even though I do get a lot out of them myself. Yep. So now I try to do things where I don't make it quite so hard for myself to do things. So what I'm trying to say is I get up 20 minutes earlier and I get on the bike. Because that 20 minutes is going to give me a leg up on my day, Mm -hmm. as opposed to feeling bad about myself if I don't get in that 30 or 40 minute hardcore workout. And on those days, you know, and it's like I said, I've been in a transition. I've been physically working at work, but my my workouts have been different or smaller um, I've enjoyed the couple times that we've done them together on Zoom, Mina. That has totally lit me up. So it's it's definitely hard, but I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm glad because now that I feel like I have my clients in a good position, like they're getting what they need, and I feel like I'm fulfilled giving them what they need, I can come back to myself. Now. Yeah, and I think it's important to recognize that even just twenty. 20- on the bike in the morning that is you making time for yourself and to move your body in a very specific way that feels good for you to start your day it doesn't always have to be this right it doesn't always have to be this intense dumbbell workout or this intense gym workout or whatever so I think that's important that you are making it work it just looks different for you right now it looks very different for me but even with that I actually am approaching it like Let's see how this goes. Let's see how this feels. Let's see how my body responds to this change. And I'm letting that happen. And so far it's good. Yeah. I think that's important to say. I mean, I've actually pulled back on one strength training workout a week too and just am committed to adding more walking, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. More overall movement rather than intensity. Okay. Last question. And this is for mostly for people who are local and listening to this. Where are you teaching? Where can they find you? Where can they get into one of these amazing breathwork yoga Pilates classes of yours? And where can they find you on social, even if they're not local and they kind of just want to follow all of your happiness? Oh, that's so nice. Okay, so right now I am teaching Pilates at Mattapoisa Wellness Center. I am also teaching and I will be teaching at Fusion Physical Therapy, which is actually right across the street from Mattapoisett Wellness Center, but that's a physical therapy office. So I teach Pilates there. And I also teach a class called 3CT, which is three component training, cardio, strength, and flexibility. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a great class. I'm really proud of that class. I'm teaching yoga downtown New Bedford at the bar. Yeah. So I teach vinyasa there, the more flowy graceful and athletic okay class. maybe that's where I'll come visit you an hour I can deal with an hour an hour that's okay. and we are actually um talking about 
doing a yoga Lattes class, which is another class I've long loved teaching, which is obviously a combo mm -hmm. of yoga and Pilates and it gets you the best of both worlds and it goes by in a snap. Um, so that will be upcoming at the bar. So I'm teaching at three places, Madam Poisset Wellness, Fusion Physical Therapy and the bar. And I am right now only on Instagram. I, I have finally let go of Facebook because I don't really need it anymore. But I am on Instagram because I do need to keep in touch with everybody. And I'm at fityogi underscore sin, C-I-N. But you can always look for my name too, Cindy Asad. And it's C-I-N-D-I-A-S-S-A-D. I love it. Thank you so much, Cindy, for sharing your happiness with us and all your yoga knowledge. I am going to jump on the bar schedule and I'm going to look it up because I definitely, cool. you know, I can't say that I'm going to commit to one class a week, but I would like to start integrating it into my life a little bit more. Yeah, just come once. I need to see your face. It will make me happy. I need to hug you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Nene. This was so much fun. Yay, I'm so glad we'll have to do it again. And then we'll have to talk about all the other things going on in your life because you are doing so much and, you know, start talking about the Ayurveda stuff. And we'll have you on again so that everybody okay. can learn about that. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate your listening ears as always. Chat All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.